Welcome to the 11th NISO Experience session. We hope that you are enjoying the session so far, and today will be no exception as we bring you a session from NISO Experience partner, ULAB Systems. I'm Dr. Ken Webb, incoming NISO president and NISO Experience planning committee member, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Ruz Peshravi, who will present the new digital frontier, putting you in control of your cases. Dr. Ruz Kashravi is a clinical assistant professor of orthodontics at the University of Washington and a diplomat at the American Board of Orthodontics. He practices orthodontics at Porth, personalized orthodontics, fully digital clinics located in Sammamish and Bellevue, Washington. Dr. Ruz exclusively uses the ULAB systems digital platform. He lectures nationally and internationally on implementation of in-office aligner systems and 3D printing. Dr. Ruse is an orthodontist scientist consultant at companies morphing the digital era of orthodontics, including ULAB systems. He also established Digital Orthodontics Hub that offers on-demand and in-clinic courses on how to implement the latest digital technology into the daily practice of orthodontics. It is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Ruse Kajravi. Thank you so much, Dr. Webb. I am going to take it away and start with the slides. So the title of the talk will be The New Digital Frontiers, and I'm going to talk about integration of digital technology to your day-to-day -day practice. So um, digital technology has been slowly entered our offices in the last five to eight years. And when you look at most offices, we do have multiple scanners. Some of us have CBCT and 3D printing, um, you know, has been integrated in some offices. And what, what happened with COVID pandemic, all these digital changes somewhat got accelerated. There's more talk about ritual care. There are a lot of talk about proactive treatment planning. And I'll get back to this idea of proactive treatment planning later. So let's look at the daily life of our patient. Like, you know, when you talk to the patient, our life these days, are, you have Amazon Prime, you can order everything on the sun from that. You have Uber or DoorDash that are offering multiple restaurants on the platform. You can use your cell phone to order stuff. You have companies like Warby Parker that you can order your glasses, test it, try it, and send it back. You know, you can visually put it on your face, even when you're trying to figure out which one you want to get to try. You have companies that you can consult with shrinks on, you know, remote platforms like um, Talkspace. You probably have seen an ad about it. Forward Health is another company now that are kind of growing, especially at least in my area. And I think they're based on um, California. They offer you subscription-based personalized medicine where you can have a PCP working with you. And they use digital technology to, to basically track your blood work, your body composition, and all those things. So let's move into the orthodontic care. And you know what do we have in our clinic these days? We have digital scanners. They've been majorly improved from the last eight, 10 years ago. Uh, we have a lot of you know, various platforms that offer fixed appliances, along with aligners that have been majorly changed in the last few years. So you have companies like SureSmile, KLON, Lightforce. You have desktop printers that are so much more affordable these days and are easier to operate it. And um, you, know, you can easily buy these things and use it. You have dental monitoring Grin um, and a slew of text messaging platform that you can communicate with your patient very easily. And collectively, when you think about what is available, offering a line of therapy, you know, using a platform like Invisalign is not the coolest thing that we used to do 10 years ago. You might've heard about digital orthodontics. What is digital orthodontics? I think digital orthodontics are in a broader, you know, 
term digital dentistry. It's about integrating digital technology in your day-to-day -day practice. So digital orthodontists can focus on, at least in my opinion, two aspects of practice. It could be used for diagnosis and it could be used for treatment or the retention phase. Example of diagnosis is where you use the records that you have either through scanners, CBCT, or any sort of facial scanners. You can collect those pre-treatment records. You can create simulation and the simulation are getting easier and more realistic where you can communicate that with a patient, get them involved in treatment, planning, decision-making. You can use that to you know, expand your network, collaborating with other providers, or you can use those records that you get to kind of build your treatment planning for orthognathic surgery, which could be further down used as a therapeutic models or therapeutic plan. When you think about the treatment and retention phase, you know, treatment planning could be all done digitally. You can create a lot of biomechanics proactively um, and you can use these digital records um, to create appliances like aligners, IDB trays, or custom fix appliances. And for retention phase, you can use fabricated retainers using digital technology and 3D printing. And I think retainer fabrication is actually one of the best entry points if you're trying to integrate digital technology, maybe specifically 3D printing in an ortho practice. Why would you consider implementing digital orthodontics in a practice? So like every system and protocol that you have, digital orthodontics has pros and cons, right? I list everything in the left side of the slide. You can see the advantages that I see. Um, to me, the most important one is the patient experience. Like basically all these things that you're using, all these system and platform, the idea is to create a better experience for the patient. So let's talk a little bit about proactive treatment planning. Um, conventionally, we would, you know, bond appliances in the patient, have them to come through the cycles of, you know, several visits. And as they come through their visit, you identify what is going on. You basically have something in mind and just continue going through the treatment. In a proactive treatment planning, you use a digital system to plan all your, you know, all your, all your treatment all the way to the end. I mean, obviously this can change a little bit, but you're thinking more about the details and it's more likely you're going to have, you know, prevent things that they could happen that you never planned for it. And you can also remote, remotely monitor the progress of the treatment if you have a pro proactive treatment planning with custom appliances, including aligner custom fixed appliances. You can use aligners when you need to do it when you're when using digital technology. And we'll go more into the details of how you can use aligners, kind of an a la carte idea um, through the course of the treatment. You can offer alternative treatment modules like hybrid treatment, combination treatment. I'll show you some cases later on. You can switch between appliances and less be worried about that transition appointment and a lot of things that goes through it and along with the cost of it. Digital IDB, which I think is an ultimate improvement of bonding appointment, if you do it correctly, is, an, is a major thing that you can do it using digital orthodontics. Um, you can also offer better retainer services, you know, as when you implement 3D printing in your office. And collectively, when you think about the treatment efficiency, it's, which is something that most of us are we're trying to look at it, um, you can you can integrate remote monitoring. You can reduce the visit, you know, per treatment, and you can have a nimble team. You don't need to have a large large team to try to manage it. And obviously, there are challenges associated with in integrating digital technology. The biggest thing is resistant to change. If you have your team, you're bringing all these systems. You need to train them, um, and you know there are there are challenges associated with that. There's a higher cost for the integration of technology in your in your practice, so you definitely need to adjust your overhead based on that. The adaptation costs, the time and money that you have to add you know, to your day-to-day -day life. 
then there's a steep learning curve for some of these you know, tools that are out there. Some are a little bit easier. So, you know, as I mentioned, there are a lot of different platforms out there and you can pick whatever that you like and all of them, they have pros and cons. I am going to focus on ULAB for the sake of this presentation and full disclosure, as Dr. Webb mentioned it, I'm a consultant for the ULAB company and I work with the R&D team. So there's a, you know, potential conflict of interest in there. Why does ULAB, what exactly offer ULAB offer you and why I think ULAB is the platform that you want to use. So when you think about ULAB, you can offer clear aligner therapy. You can create a combination system of using U-Smile aligners fabricated by ULAB and an in-office aligner fabrication. ULAB also offer you to brand your practice, which I think is a very, very important differentiating advantage in a competitive market that most of us are you know, facing these, these days. You can create combination hybrid treatment and not be too much worried about cost of appliances. Um, you can create realistic treatment simulation in short period of time. And I'll show you, you know, how I go about these things. And the idea for this, again, share it with your patient, share it with your you know, other provider and build your network. You can use ULAB um, to build the most, a, a really good retainer program. And I believe that ULAB has the most comprehensive retainer modules. And that includes bracket removal, attachment removal, no extra charge. You can also create a fully automated digital blockout, which is going to save you a lot of time and money. Um, the other thing about ULAB is that they have a very a great group of highly experienced trainers that have been in orthodontics for a long time. So you get a very high level of support from the team that the goal is to train your team and make them to use the software pretty well. There are other products that are coming down the, down the road. Um, the next you know, major change will be um, introducing IDV. Uh, digital IDV, and then we're also working on a digital task management um, feature integrated into ULAB for your offices. How do I use uh, digital orthodontic support? I'm going to get a little bit more details on this, and I am going to focus on aligner therapy for the sake of time, but there are other things that we can use digital orthodontics in. So when you look at the aligner therapy workflow, I divide it in kind of like four steps. And this is a combination of either U-Smile aligners and in-office aligners, and you can use them, you know, just independently and not combine them. Ideally, you want to combine them. That's a lot of advantage to that, but you can also use one versus the other. So when you look at these four steps, you have where you bring your models into the software, and this can be done with your team, or you can do it yourself. You prep these models, get them ready to move the teeth. Then you treat them, plan your case. It could be done again with the team, a combination of a team and a doctor or just doctor. And then you fabricate the appliances either in-house or you outsource it to Memphis. And then you deliver the appliances, you track and repeat. And I call this cycle scan to scan as a sprint. And I will get a little bit more details about this, but the way that I look at aligner therapy is a little bit different from the conventional way where we give a ton of appliances to the patient and say that come back and we refine everything and we keep going. I like the idea of defining all the objective of the treatment and then break them into sprint. And the idea just came from you know, software development. When you try to develop a ton of features in the software, you just break them into block and you take them one at a time. The advantage of these system is that potentially if you do it right, you're gonna um, be very more efficient in your treatment. I'm not going to focus on in-office aligner system. So if you're interested in learning how to set that up, um, I have a course that is in nine modules, all 
um, online self-paced, then you can basically log into the account uh, to the URL that I have it in here and sign up for it. If you have any question, I have my email at the end. You can reach out to me about that. Um, so let's focus on the treatment planning. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break that step two a little bit further in. When you look at the treatment planning, the sequence of events are generally these five, five steps that we have. So you have to design your treatment outcome and that can be done with the doctor and a combination of a doctor and a team. Then you have to build your biomechanics and stage it. Then you have to add all the auxiliary that you have, including attachment pressure area. And then you have to indicate to the lab, either you lab that they're gonna fabricate everything for you in Memphis or you're in office um, of like all the other things that you need to do, auxiliaries like elastics, block out, all those things. And then you flag the lab or in Memphis to try to fabricate these appliances. I am going to get a little bit deeper in the first top two and how you design, which is a platform, which is the software that ULAP has to kind of go through these two steps. Um, so the primary goal uh, in the newer version of you design, we developed these things called guided setup. And the primary goal was that to create a system where you can prevent a lot of back and forth uh, with the lab. And, and just make it easier for the doctor or a combination of a doctor or the assistant to create these treatment plan very fast. Um, and you know, that's, that's where we believe that it's going to be. Um, so here's a quick video of explaining how I go about this. The systematic approach that I have on this is I start from the AP correction if the patient needs AP correction, and then you identify each arch and then you work on the alignment. This is basically your virtually going through the you know conventional way that you treat the patients with fixed appliances. Most of our are very comfortable with that. And I'm just going to do the same thing digitally. So you align both arches, you work on your leveling, get them all in the good spot. Then you go on a major vertical changes. And then you can see in here on the left side of the screen, there are a lot of tools on the guided setup. There's a workflow on the top that it goes from whatever arch that you like to start first and then you work on the vertical, and then the GM is global movement, and we're trying to improve that a little bit more. In, in each of these kind of steps that you have to, to complete the treatment outcome, you have a bar on the right side of the screen, and you can see in here, you have a panel. You can use that panel to look at the teeth and look at the you know both jaw and the relationship of them and the bite, and you can see a heat map of the occlusal contact. Um, on the bar that you have in here, um, each of these, at, at every of these, um, these steps, you can have a series of other icons like this that you can see in here. You can coordinate both arches with each other. You can see how much you need to move each jaw to kind of coordinate it. So, and then you have a series of templated arch form that you can overlay on your arch and see kind of, you know, are you happy with the symmetry or you like to change it? And, and what I want to highlight is that this guided setup which took us about two years to develop it. So there's a lot of work went to it. It's just the beginning and we're trying to improve that, improve it. And the ultimate goal is to between you and your team, your digital assistant, you shouldn't need to spend a lot of time on this. One of the advantage of this is that you can create a lot of iteration. Like when you're going through your mind and try to treat and plan a case, you can test some of the ideas. What if I do a little bit more heavy IPR in the bottom? What if I just don't do that and I want to build my laterals? I mean, these are very common examples that we deal with it every day. And it's easy to simulate those. There are research done actually by, by University of well, our department, our team, that we, we showed that the providers that they see these digital simulation, they have a better idea of the treatment planning and the treatment planning are more successful. 
it was published at AJODU. You can look it, look it up and I can send the reference later to you if you're interested. So here is further, I'm, I'm showing you how else you can, what are the other features that you can use to try to control the vertical. You have these widget that you can use, you know, basically adjust the premolars. You can adjust the anterior teeth. You have an option to lock certain areas. So, um, you know, you can go through these, these treatment planning fairly quick. Um, and then generally the way that I go about this, I start with one arch, do about like 70, 80%, then go to the other arch and do a, do kind of 70, 80, and then I'll try to coordinate these. Don't get too much hung up in each arch because as you're changing the other stuff on the top, um, the, 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 for example, if you're changing the stuff on the top, the bottom is gonna change uh, when you try to get on the bottom ones. And, and the other two things that you wanna use is that you wanna have those collision and the heat map on so you can actually see you know, how much collision that you have. In terms of spaces between the teeth, I would say point one is something that I generally ignore and I'm not so much worried about you know, a little bit of a collision or a little bit of a contact. Sometimes I build extra contact, um, extra space between the teeth to make sure that the tooth get traction. Sometimes I keep a little collision because I know that I'm gonna do, um, I need a little bit of a tighter contact. As I explained before, when you have these sprints, in the initial sprint, you don't need to be worried too much about these contacts. Obviously, I'm not saying that you, know, you need to build your IPR and all those things, but don't get too much hung up on these numbers because they can, they, they, there's a lot of discrepancy on all of these. So I am going to show you the difference between if you do these manually versus the guided setup, so you can see how much improvement we have. Um, at ULAP, you know, based on this new version, which is 6.0 compared to 5.0. So you can see on the left side of the screen, I select, I select a series of teeth and I kind of move the teeth as, as I needed to do it. But on the right side of the screen, you see how we have this arch form that you can easily move these primary dots that we have and easily control your lower alignment. So um, I don't need to get on all these teeth and adjust it. You can just align the teeth very quickly and then control your vertical. And this was a major improvement that I was very excited when it came out. And, and I don't envision, I don't actually see any other software that has something to this details, but obviously, I mean, there are software out there that I'm not aware of it. So, so I would say check that. And that's very important in your treatment planning phase. So then when you're done with your outcome where you don't really think about how many aligners do you want, how many stages do you want, you just build your final outcome. And that outcome would be the outcome of that sprint that you have. Then you come back to the software and you use these kind of superimposition um, features where you can actually see where your teeth are gonna go based on where you want it to go. And then you look at you know, the movement and the, and the stages and how you're gonna get there. And then you identify, you know, are these movements, do they need to be staged? And do you need to stagger them? Do you need to, one will depend the other and that will help you to build your biomechanics. And the beauty of ULAB is, is super easy to do that. So I will explain to you how to do it, but let's say in here, if I'm trying to extrude those anterior teeth and expand in the back, I'm gonna build by mechanics where, where these two events, they're not kind of, they're going, going slowly and combining them to, to more likely make sure that you get the result. So when you look at it in here, if you take all these key, key um, stages out, the number of the aligners is going to be less. But when you build in this mechanics, generally the number of aligners is going to increase. I'm going to show you how you can do that. Let me just go back. Okay, so 
the, the feature that you're going to use for that is called advanced sequencing. And what it does, it basically you can select certain number of the teeth and you initially want to move based on your treatment. So you can see here, I selected all the posterior teeth and I come to stage five and I click on the plus sign. And then further in, I added the canine. So I'm slowly building this expansion over the course of, let's say seven to eight um, stages of the treatment. The key is that you want to increase those, you want to be kind of thinking more about how much increasing you're adding to it and tune it as you go forward. Um, and then when you introduce these keyframe in your treatment, then you can come back on those keyframe and you can move other teeth on those keyframe. So as you can see in here, um, up to the stage five, what I did, I started the expansion in the back, then I came on that stage and I selected the front teeth and then I proclined them. So what it does in the biomechanics that I made for this patient, the expansion and proclination, they happen all at the same time. And then I would, then I built another kind of expansion as you're trying to extrude these anterior teeth. It's a good idea to make sure that you have plastic between the teeth. So what I did on a stage 10, I created a transitional position where my upper teeth are actually proclined a little bit. So the teeth come down, procline, come down is like a sterile type of a movement. And whatever philosophy that you have, you can build it in here very easily. One of the things that I really recommend is for the people to kind of like slowly build this in into their treatment planning and, and use these features, which is very easy to use it. I'm gonna show you quickly how you can use the quick three features. This is a features that is ideally used in combination in office aligners, as well as Memphis. Um, your smile aligners. So you can see in here, one approach would be that you already build your treatment completely. Then you print the first three sets of aligners. You fabricate those in-house, deliver it to your patient, and then order the rest through Memphis. And the ordering is very easy. You could opt in adding your attachment from the first appointment, and you can let Memphis to build your template, and then you deliver the attachment. I like the idea of starting the attachment in the beginning, so I do those in-house but it's, you know, whatever philosophy that you believe, there are options for you with that. If you have a patient that you don't have time to do the treatment planning, your team can easily go to guided setup. And for example, for this patient that there's major crowding in the anterior, you just basically create a little bit of a, you know, alignment in the anterior teeth and then generate your three, three aligners that you have, three sets of aligners. And then you come back you continue building your treatment and then carry on. This features, you know, if you, if you, it doesn't need any doctor time involvement, obviously your team has to have some sort of a training so then they don't create problem in that three alignment. Generally three alignment doesn't generate a lot of movement. So as long as you stay in the ballpark of like safe, then, then this is kind of zero doctor involvement in the beginning of the care. And this offers, um, you know, um, same day aligner delivery if you're interested, or even like the next day delivery of aligners. So let's look at a few cases. And I'm gonna start with, you know, showing you a very simple case, conventional aligners, and, and, and then you can see how I use you now for this. So this is Alexis. And, the, and when she came to our clinic, she was actually interested in, she looked into direct-to-consumer options and decided not to go that path, which I was very happy about it. She had a little gap between her front teeth and her treatment was about seven months. So you can see in here, you know, diastema in the, in the anterior, a little proclination. The lower teeth were proclined. She already had orthodontic treatment before. 
had some spaces distal lower left three, and then she had a fixed retainers. And here I'm going to show you how I did the treatment planning. So the start, the first spring for her was eight aligners, eight sets of aligners. Um, and my goal was to basically retract those teeth and control the torque of the lower anteriors and close the spaces. It's just very simple, nothing you know wild. And I knew that I'm going to do more later on to kind of carry on the treatment. And I really, for these cases, I really get into really heavy detailing, even with the liners. Um, so what I did, I actually built in a little bit of a gable bend in the anterior teeth because I thought that, you know, as they close, maybe I need a little bit more. I'll show you the, the result. I think maybe I built in too much. So when it comes to overcorrection, I do do overcorrection. I build it in some of my treatment, but I don't start with overcorrection from the first sprint. I, I let the patients to like wear the aligners so I can gauge how, what kind of compliance I'm getting with them, what kind of biology I have. And then if I need to do it, I do it later. And you can see here, just you know, conventional attachment on these patients. And we build in eight sets of aligners. So here is, you know, spin one, eight sets of aligners up and lower. And then you can see how much of a space closure we got. Um, we improved the overbite and overjet. And I think maybe I, have, oh, I actually built in a little too much of a distal root tip on those centrals. And this is the next sets. So we had another eight sets of aligners, eight aligners on the top and four aligners in the bottom to basically improve the smile arc and also do a little bit more IPR on the lower. I wanted to bring those lower teeth a little bit more back in. And again, like, you know, some would argue that this is perfect. Let's just call it a day. But I, I, I like the idea of being an orthodontist and do a really high quality care, especially when you have these tools in your hand and it's easy to do these kind of movements. So then in here, uh, the majority of the movement were in the anterior and kind of optimizing these things. And then the lower was to retract everything back a little bit. And then we had some Bolton issue and then the patient also were interested in fixing that upper right central. So I worked with a dentist that she helped me to fix that. You can see here, she did some sort of an additive, you know, um, composite um, bioclear specifically and try to fix it. I think the midline is a little bit off. Um, I wish that I would work on that a little bit better, but collectively she's super happy, seven months of treatment. And when you look at this pre and post, you can see how much control we had on the torque of the lower anterior teeth, the spaces were closed, everything looks pretty good. And we had total seven months of care with 32 aligners. Um, what I want you to take from this case is that, you know, you can quickly deliver a really good cosmetic care to adult or to adult patients. And that's, that's a group of patients that are growing constantly when you look at most of the market research. So that was the conventional way. That when you look at orthodontic treatment, the way that we work, we generally use conventional liner treatment. We only use aligners. They have conventional fixed appliances, but you use braces. What I like to propose, and this is obviously not my idea, a lot of people are getting into it, a two different approach to orthodontics. You can combine aligners with fixed appliances. And when you think about aligners as one unit and you use it a la carte, either through Memphis or you make it in-house, then you can easily combine these things and you can, and, and ULAP has a platform that offer you this option. And I generally call those hybrid appliances where you combine them at the same time. And then you have a combi tandem combination protocol where you use fixed appliances generally and then aligners. We do it the opposite way sometimes, especially when we do surgery cases where the surgeon is not comfortable with aligners, then we do aligner, fix aligners, and finish the treatment. So let's look at a hybrid treatment. This is Sarah. She has end on class two crowded. What I did, a hybrid treatment, and I have a nine months progress. 
Um, she's actually getting closer to the end, but unfortunately I don't have the record to show it to you yet. So when you look at the pretreatment, she has class to end on bilaterally, uh, severely over-rotated upper canines, you know, some degree of crowding in the lower arch. And, you know, she's interested in a liner. She comes in here, I want cosmetic, and she's a teenager. That's what we get, most of us. So when I treatment plan her in, in U-Design, I got about 178 aligners on the top. And the, and the reason are those canines. The two upper canines need to be rotated about 90 degree, and that's, that's a major issue. When I look at the lower, it was about 13 aligners. So I was like, okay, I need to come with a better solution. I can't have 100 something aligners. So what I did, um, I designed the lower arch based on the aligners. So she got 12 aligners. You can see in here, I'll walk you through it, basically leveling the curve of speed, you know, uprighting, you know, uh, the curve of Wilson a little bit, and just, you know, a, a very standard aligner treatment that any of us can do it, you know, here um, on our day-to-day -day routine. And then we build attachments. And you know, we put buttons and started on the top with motion. And you can use whatever philosophy that you have for AP correction. I, I like motion appliances because they're easy. I don't believe that they're doing anything magical. It's just like a glorified class to elastic. So what I did, my solution was to create this hybrid. And because she was interested in cosmetic, we do good amount of lingual treatment. I just put these two brackets in here with a 12 night tie wire and tie it in. And you can see about three months we fixed the AP with rubber band um, and motion appliances. We rotated those canine. Now it's even easier. I tried to convince her to put, you know, rusted lingual braces in the anterior and align those and reduce the number of aligner majorly, but she was not really interested. So we took everything off. And you can see here nine months uh, further aligners. You can see the canine in a good spot. I did a little bit of overcorrection that I need to probably, you know, regain it a little bit, a little bit of a tooth size discrepancy as well in here. But Nine months of care, to me, this is really slam dunk. I'm happy about this, very happy about this. So when you look at it, in about nine months, you have 48 aligners. Um, and, you know, just being an orthodontist and using whatever you have and kind of thinking a little bit out of, out of the, you know, conventional box, then you can create these hybrid appliances with everything that you have. Um, and, and what I like to emphasize is that a line is a great appliance, but it's not always the, the appliance of choice. What are the other approaches that we can have in our day-to-day -day practice? You could also use a combination treatment. And what I mean by combination treatment is that you start with fixed appliances and you switch to aligners. And I believe ULAB has a really good platform for this. And I'm gonna to explain to you why. Um, and why do you actually need to do this technology? Because you know, one question is that, why am I adding more cost to my lab costs for each case? I think if you do it right, you should be able to save some appointment visit. So it's kind of working backward to your, you know, practice, you know, benchmark that you have value per visit for the treatment. And I think that should go up and patients are going to be super happy when you take braces off, especially when they were in treatment for like a year, maybe 14, 12 months. And then the other thing is that when you have a liner for certain movement is very predictable. You know that you're going to get it instead of putting a little bit bent and you're getting a little side effect somewhere else. So why do I use ULAP for this approach is because you can quickly turn it around. You can use the three, three, quick three that I mentioned. You have an option of bracket removal. So you can basically, when you're done with your kind of final appointment, you take the Y out, you scan the patients, take the brackets off and then make the aligners. And then the, the, the in-office system that we have is very, very comprehensive in ULAB. And you can have a really automated blockout labeling, staging, um, and, and you could also order your aligners through Memphis. If you don't have a printer and you don't want to even get into that RED, which some people are actually thinking that way, 
Um, I read somewhere there's about 50-50 in ortho, and I don't know how much truth is into that, but I feel like at some point we're all going to get a half printer in our clinic. But at this point, if you're not ready for it, you can outsource it somewhere else. And here's a case that I'm going to walk you through these, this combination treatment. Um, the pre-treatment you can see in the top, you know, kind of class three-ish um, on the left side, maybe class one on the right side, um, severe crowding, and they were not inter interested in extraction. So we decided to pursue everything. The gums are not happy and healthy in here. So I was like, okay, let's just switch to aligners. And what we did, we did four sets of aligners for this patient with attachment on the upper um, to improve the overbite, overjet, and kind of like get everything dialed down. And you can see in here, this is, you know, post-treatment, the overbite is a little bit shallow, but I think the patient is happy with that. We got a really good result with four sets of aligners um, about a month um, and focus on the anterior to get a better coupling. So here you can see pre-treatment, post-treatment, which is the combination and the fix. And um, for, the, for the last part of the talk, I'm gonna go over more details of one case from you know, all the steps so you get a kind of overview of how things works. So if you look at this patient, she started with um, class one on the right side and class two tendency on the left side, mostly around premolars, and she's interested in aligners. So you know, we're gonna do aligners. And um, you can see here on the upper, mild to moderate crowding, I'll say moderate, maybe mild, and the teeth are a little procline. So what we did for treatment planning, you can see in here, the first step is to do digital setup. Um, I speed up these videos a little bit, so I'm sorry about that for the interest of time, but you know the time that I'm showing is the actual time. So generally I start for this case on the lower arch. Um, I lock the basier teeth after I expand them a little bit. You can see how easily you can pick these, you know, we call them primary and secondary dots where on the canine and the midline and the, and the molars, you can adjust those, you can select certain teeth and then let the software to align those. So I'm like slowly building my lower arch to the best that I want. Then I switch to vertical, you select the lower arch, you can use the widget on the right side in here to kind of level that. Sometimes when you have wear and tear on the anterior teeth, um, especially on the incisors upper and lower, the landmark that you get is a little bit off. So you get some teeth that are not following the algorithm that we have, you just have to manually adjust those. And, and the beauty of this is that you can lock certain area of the arch and kind of build everything that you want. So you can see here, I'm working on the vertical. Um, again, I follow the conventional, um, I think Raymond Begg had this idea of, you know, sequence of treatment. I just do it virtually and in a short period of time. Then I get an upper arch. You can see how I turn on the, the, the opposing arch so I can actually coordinate my arch as I'm building that, especially in the anterior overjet overbite. You can use these panel on the right side for your overjet and overbite. You can look at the, um, you know, posterior overjet by all these, all these panel on the right side there are you can use them to kind of adjust your models because when you're working on the upper arch and you want to look at the midline, this is why we build this panel in here to help you. So I highly encourage you to use all these things. And on the left side, you can see a panel again in here. You can select a group of teeth and then, you know, control their torque and tip. Um, for the upper arch, when I work on the smile arc design, I like the idea of putting everything on a grid. Obviously, you need to work on the angulation and you want to make sure that the angulation of the upper arch is real, match it with a photo. I will put a photo of the you know, facial smiling next to that and kind of fine tune your smile arc. And, you know, especially if a patient like this, when aesthetic is definitely a concern for her. And then 
you kind of go through the details. The, the difference between these kind of setup that you go through it versus one that lab will do it is that these are highly, highly detailed setup that you know we can go through it as an orthodontist and dial it down. If you don't want to spend this much time, you can train your team to do about like 50 to like 70% of these things if you always believe in whatever arch form that you want. Um, and then you can come in and do the detailing, make sure margin ridges are matching, the alignment is good. You know, there's no, con the contacts are okay. Uh, the arch coordinations are good. And then you work on distributing all the collision that you have. So in here, you can see what I've been trying to do is to, to put all the collision between the laterals and the lower arch and the canine. That's where the, those are the area that I'm going to do IPR more. And you can see here, but I'm moving that models. I'm actually looking at my overjet um, and both buckle overjet and, and in the in the posterior part and, and in the anterior and try to get all those in the right spot. Um, one of the things that I forgot to mention is that when you try to expand your arch, it's a good idea to build in a little bit of a buckle root torque because you don't want to have tipping and you get the dangling cusp on the palatal cusp of the upper arch where it's going to pop up your, your bite open. Um, Overcorrection is one of those questions that people ask about it. I don't do a lot of overcorrection in the beginning unless, you know, when working like a specific cases, like an adult deep bite patient, I build in a little bit more. So the seven minutes um, and 13 seconds is how long did it take for me to do that setup? You might not be there in the beginning, but you will get there if you practice that. Then the next step I highlighted before, this is where I'm going to work on my staging. So I will run the treatment. And I like the idea for this patient expanding the posterior first and then get on the front teeth. So I select all those teeth except that five lower left five. And I let them to start moving and I hold the other teeth in the right spot. And then I'll come back in that key stage where you can see number four in here, you can create transitional movement. So it's like, think about it as like an open coil that you put in here. You move the teeth out and create those space you got to be careful to not add more stages, but you let the software adjust all of those for you. So you don't need to be worried about it. You don't need to like move the teeth and then correct it. And then, you know, add extra round tripping by, by using these features. You're like, this is my final point and I want to create this transitional. And can you back calculate it to the final points? And you can see how you can build, you know, custom biomechanics in here. And then the velocity is something that, you know, I oscillate generally, I, I use Zendorflex, which both Memphis is using it and I use it in here. And for that, I oscillate between two to 2.5, mostly around 2.2 uh, for the angular movement, and for, for the linear move, angular movement and for linear is about 0.22 to 0.25. Um, I mean, obviously there's, this is a huge topic about velocity and I'm not gonna get into details of that, but. That's the protocol that I follow. One of the other things that I like to highlight for you to check is make sure that you come in here and the rate of tooth movement, go to stage one and see what kind of maximum movement that you have for those rate limiting teeth. And that helps you to adjust the velocity using that. The velocity doesn't take too long, so it shouldn't take more than a few seconds to kind of dial it down. The next step when you're happy with that then is attachment. So attachment at this point is a little bit of a bottleneck for us. Um, and the reason is because, um, you know, I use manually, I put everything manually, you don't have to do it, you can use what we have in the software, but for the next version, what we're building is a, a custom template that, you know, you have a few custom templates from, from the people, and then you, you know, like me or Eric, who are other people, and then you can also 
create your own custom template based on whatever you believe. So if you if you have a specific type of attachment that you like to put in for DeepBite, that's what you would have it. So then it's going to be one click and you drop it in there and you can modify it and it shouldn't be that long. So right now I do it individually. The beauty of these attachments is that you can actually angle them in every plane so you can build them however you want to do it. I use these pressure areas for controlling the torque of the roots. Um, one of the advantages of these aligners, including the one that come from Memphis, is that the trim line is a little bit higher. There's some preliminary data suggesting that you can have a better control on the roots. Again, you know, this is not the, the strongest data that you can possibly see, but in clinic, anecdotally, what I see is um, I get a better control on the roots uh, torque because of the longer um, trim line. And you can see here in the, in the posterior, these are mostly retentive attachments. You can use various types of retentive attachments. So generally these two are the one that I use for my retention. Um, around the canine, you wanna prevent extrusion um, and you wanna also basically help the intrusion of those for the setup. This is the, 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 the deep bite protocol that I use. Um, a good grip around the premolars and then sometimes you know, attachment on the centrals definitely something on the molar and the, and the canine to try to kind of control the aligners. Um, and, and you want to make sure that the size of these attachments are adjusted based on the plastic that you use. If you're using flexible plastics, you can actually make them a little bit bigger. Uh, for the for this laterals, those are the two attachments that I use, the multiplanar and then the, um, the other version. And when you look at this, I, I, I time myself for the, it's about five minutes, 40 seconds, which is actually pretty high, but you can reduce that majorly as we come with other, other platform. And you can see in here, I'm gonna show you how you could use um, your, your, your office aligner system com and combined with ULAB, um, you know, lab in Memphis, or you can print everything. If you wanna do it, then you select the four, the quick three, and you basically print the three sets of aligner with attachment, you deliver it to the patient. And then at the same time, you order the rest through Memphis. When you get those aligners, you just carry on. And you can have your attachment done. The template can be done in Memphis where you just make a bunch of aligners with no attachment. It's kind of as easier. You click on that, you know, cart that you have. You, you can highlight if you have a recession area, you can customize it a little bit. And then you click next. Um, that's where you would select the number of aligners that you want to fabricate. You can just do a little bit and fabricate the rest. Or if your team are in a rush or you don't, your assistant are not there to make it, you, it, that's why I like the a la carte model that they have. You select it. There are three different delivery systems that we have. Um, sorry about that. Let me just go back in here. So you can see you can have three different, like 10 days, eight, uh, five days, and three days, um, 10 days, six days, and, and three days where you can order those. And they're pretty quick in turning those, those around so you can use that features. Um, and you can have custom box that I you know, kind of alluded in the beginning of my, my presentation. So this is kind of a summary of how you can go about digital orthodontics and specifically to our aligners in here. Um, I wanted to thank both Dr. Webb and Meg who help a lot on setting up these events. I know there's a lot of work goes throughout these, so I appreciate the opportunity. If you have any question, that's my email. You can reach out to me. You can also follow me on Instagram on orthodontics.io. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Luz. That was fantastic. Uh, I'm impressed at, at, at just the, the generations of the software. I mean, looking at ULAB and some of the other software platforms that I've used in my office, and you go back a year, two years, three years, four years, and, and you just see 
the amount of sophistication that's being built into these platforms to make them more user-friendly and uh, just more sophisticated. It's really amazing. I agree with you completely. And, and I think one of the things that we always talk about it is that as the computational systems, you know, like AI, machine learning, and also our software and our computers and our scanners and our printers are getting better and better, this system becomes easier. So you don't need to spend that much time where we used to, to get in the line of the patient. Right. A uh, couple of questions for you. What are your suggestions on 3D printers for a clinic that is just beginning to get into 3D printing and why? Sure. I, I think um, when, when, I, when, I, when I get this question, it's really hard to answer at, at like a clear cut answer. I think first you have to think about why do you want to have a 3D printer? I like the idea of suggesting to start with a retainer because it's an easy entry level. You can use printers like Formlab, you can use Sprintray. These are generally the two easier platform that you can use. Um, Sprintray is a little bit faster compared to the Formlab, but Formlab is significantly easier in terms of like needs of training for your team is really plug and play. Um, the other option is to use cheap, you know, about like three, four hundred, $500 LCD printers. Those are good printers when you dial them down and dialing down might take you a little time. So you wanna make sure that you have enough support. The companies that they sell these printers, they don't offer you those kind of supports because it's just like, it doesn't make financially sense for that. So you wanna be on Facebook groups and learn about things, but you could start with those printers and you know, get into the system. But you know, also when's a good time to think about hiring a full-time digital assistant? I mean, it's a completely different skill set than our typical chairside assistant. But as you move more toward digital orthodox and 3D digital workflow, the, the, in your office, it will become a need for that individual. When's that, that point come? Correct. I, I, I love this question because I feel like we all need to have one full-time digital assistant. And I don't think that there is you don't need to get to a certain level to be able to hire that people, right? I, I think the, in, that individual doesn't necessarily need to be working in the lab making aligners. That individual can help you with submitting some of your stuff to third-party company that you're using. They can help you with coordinating the lab. And there's that one person to take care of everything. When you spread it out amongst different people, it's always something is going to get dropped. So, um, you know, and they can also help you treatment plan these things. If you train an individual, and then when you look at post-COVID market, there's a lot of, you know, new forces that they want to come to work. And, you know, you can build some sort of a remote system or, or hybrid system where they work remotely on some of the digital work that they don't need to be physically in the clinic. And they come certain days, you know, to work in the clinic. Offer this to a mom, a local mom, they're going to go for it. Like, it's just, it's how you can integrate that in your system. And, and having a full-time digital assistant is, I think is very critical to do any digital work. And, and what about the differences between, you know, taking your existing plaster lab with its model trimmer, trimmer and transitioning that into a 3D digital lab, or if, if you're uh, adding a new location or starting up the, the planning that goes along with a 3D digital lab right out of the box. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of like as you transition to more digital works, you want to have a lab in your clinic. And it depends on where you are. In certain areas of the country where we have a lot of room, you can have a big, large space with like dedicated area for 3D printing and, you know, fabricating aligners and digital work. Um, 
the area where I am, every inch of my practice costs a lot of money. So I'm, I'm more in the lever of a lean system. You don't need a big lab to do that. And you don't need anything sophisticated, complex doing it. The printers are getting better and better. The resins are not as smelly anymore. Um, and, and, you know, so when you think about that, you don't need a larger space. And it's very easy to either, either convert your current lab to a digital lab, or just like if you're doing a startup, have a discussion. And the things that you want to think about, you know, a, a 3D printing station, an appliance fabrication, a delivery, and a digital. And try to use the walls. I think that's one of the comments that I have. Like if you want to put a computer in a small lab, use the wall, you know, wherever that you can fit it in and, and be very smart about the spaces that you have. That, that's great. We really appreciate this. It's 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 a paradigm shift. It's going to be a paradigm shift, and and it's it's the future. So I thank you so much for all that great information. For sure. Uh, I'd, I'd also like to thank uh, ULab Systems and of course Dr. Kashrovi for bringing this wonderful session at MISO. Please visit ULab's marketplace listing to ask any questions that you may have of them. Also, ULab is an AAO Tech Select partner, and much more information can be found on the Tech Select section of the AAO member website. So all you folks who are listening in tonight, plus everybody that sees this on demand uh, as time goes on, thank you for joining us and be sure to take the test and complete the session evaluation in order to receive your CE credits for this session. Thank you. Thank you.